Hello, I'm Jen Thomas. Welcome to the Simple Life Chat, the podcast series which discovers what it really means to rent. And in today's episode, we're looking at the effect housing pressures have on our mental health and looking at ways to improve health, well-being and peace of mind. The last 18 months have been a trying time for everyone and it has impacted our mental health from the day-to-day changes to altering big life plans or even changing them completely. I'm joined for this episode by two guests who have valuable insight into these issues. Karen Mullins is a mindset coach with the Proctor Gallagher Institute. She helps her clients to create the life and business they want by understanding the role their mind plays in their results. And Adele Houghton, whose work through her business Health Perks helps people overcome anything from anxiety to weight issues, building resilience and mental health awareness. She's also a resident of Simple Life and has first-hand insight of the rental process and how that can be eased. So welcome to you both. Morning. Good morning. And so I'd like to start by sharing a worrying statistic. In 2017, Shelter announced research from Shelter and Comres showing that one in five adults suffer anxiety or depression due to housing pressures. Uh, And that's largely due to rental contracts, low quality rental solutions, and also lack of security. If we start with you, Karen, and of course, Adele, you're welcome to add your thoughts too. Do you think that the existing perceptions or assumptions of renting, maybe that sets people up for a negative experience? Yeah, I mean, it definitely can if if obviously those, yeah, sort of preconceived assumptions and ideas, um, you know, associated with renting are straight away seeing it as being, you know, sort of negative or a less desirable option than, than owner occupation, if you're looking at that as um, the alternative. And so, you know, one of the things I think that I come back to such a lot in the work that I do is, you know, reminding people all the time that, you know, it, it's the power of like our assumptions and our expectations in the first instance that more than anything else, you know, will sort of contribute to how we then go on to experience anything. So I, th- I think you're right there, Jen, in the way that, you know, you sort of pull out that like if you're, if you're looking at, you know, the rented sector, the rental market, if you're looking at that in the beginning with, you know, sort of negative assumptions, you're almost setting yourself up for a negative experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's our assumptions about a certain thing that is the problem, not the thing itself. Another worry, worrying statistic, uh, it used to be one in four people will struggle at some point in, with their mental health. That has now gone to 30%. So it's nearly one in three. And that figure was from last November. And part of having a positive mental health, you know, the basic fundamental need is our housing. So housing, good, secure housing plays a really big impact in that. And I think um, past perceptions of rentals, you, you had two options, didn't you? You had your council or your private landlords, and both were not particularly desirable. I mean, the private landlord, you were, it was kind of potluck what you got. Um, but the rental market now has changed dramatically. And now people actually choose to rent. I know myself personally, I've been a homeowner, but I currently choose to rent because I love the freedom that that gives me. And the people that are actually renting now, um, their expectations have changed and people expect more. And with that, you know, we've had a massive boom with the build to rent market. And I think the build to rent market really fulfills that need and, and that want and those expectations of renters nowadays. And so just to pick on that, you mentioned there that 
that you were previously a homeowner uh, and went back to to renting. Often people, uh, because of these perceptions and these ideas, would see this as a step back because, as we say, it seems like as a society, people place home ownership above everything else, even if it isn't necessarily the best option for people. So as well as this freedom that you mentioned, what are some other things that you prefer about renting? I like the fact that I know if I have a problem with the roof, I just get on the phone and somebody comes. You know, there's no extra expense in that. There's no extra stressing that. Um, I like the fact, you know, I've got plans to uh, move abroad. So I don't want to be purchasing another property and being tied to that property. You know, one of my fundamental values is freedom and the rental market gives me that right now. So it, it's just having that security and, and that freedom that it allows me. Maybe I will purchase again in the future. But I think times have changed. You know, it used to be that you would go to school, you would get a job and you would stay in that same job till you die. You know, now times have changed. You know, people don't do that. People uh, go to school, they might move and have multiple. I think, you know, the average person's in a job for two years. Though previously that would have been, oh my gosh, you know, they are a job hopper. But times have changed now and, and that has filtered through into the home ownership, home rental market as well. So society is different. And back to you, Karen, in all of the, the big life moments, you can feel out of control. How do you work with clients to help them regain that sense of control with themselves, particularly with, with renting? Yeah, I mean, again, it comes back to and some of what um, you know Adele's just been touching on there. To me, it comes back to recognising that that you can't control anything outside of you. And I think that's where typically people start to feel overwhelmed with anything in life. You know, um, if they're trying to sort of influence and control the circumstances or control anything outside of them, I think the minute that you can bring that back and understand and realize that actually the only place that any of us really have control is within ourselves, you know, so within how we are looking at things and recognizing that actually from that place, that's where we have the choice. And so, yeah, absolutely. Going back and just, um, you know, sort of echoing some of what Adele was sharing there, you know, if you relate that back to the rental market, my question would be to anyone, especially to anyone that's feeling that sort of that overwhelm, the pressures, the anxiety, some of what you were touching on, instead of focusing on that, because as you focus on that, of course, what you're then going to do is focus on all of the negatives and all of the evidence that supports why you're right to feel those things. Let's flip it, right? Like, let's flip it. How do you want to look at this? Like, you know, where can you find the choice, you know, for yourself within it? And I think, again, that then brings it back to, you know, really focusing on the positives, focusing on what the rental sector in this instance, what it allows you to do, what it opens up for you. You know, so if you start to reframe it and you're coming from that place of thinking, actually, what if this supports me? What if this is the right place for me right now? You know, and again, it's it's just it's taking your attention, really. It's always about sort of recognizing that, you know, you, you get to control what you're focusing on. You get to control what you're giving your attention toward. And if you can always come back to asking that question of how do I want it to be? How do I want it to be? What your mind's going to do is actually start to look then for evidence that's going to support that, you know, and, and, and sort of you're then switching what you're giving, you know, the majority of, um, you know, again, your thought energy to really. 
And as Adele mentioned earlier, it's about that freedom and and that flexibility. I mean, I rent and for me, I love the fact that if I got a new job tomorrow or or next month, I could move. Uh, You don't have that stress of will I find a buyer? What's happening with the market? And also the fact that there are places like Simple Life that are giving you this control. There are different locations around the country. So do you think that it's good to have control, but also people need freedom too? Absolutely. I think, again, it comes back to if you can recognize that you always get to be, as I say, like in control of yourself and how you feel, you're immediately taking your power back, right? I think, as I say, it's when we when we feel that, you know, whatever's going on outside of us is actually the controlling factor. And it's never really, that's never really the case. I think one of the things, I mean, I was just reflecting as I was listening to both you and Adele talk there, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm a homeowner now, but one of the things that I can remember sort of thinking we, when we moved from London up to Manchester was actually, you know, we rented, we rent again, for some of the same reasons, right? You rent for that flexibility, you rent whilst you're trying to, you know, maybe find somewhere that would be your next purchase, for instance. And one of the things that um, if I have any little regrets was kind of, oh, we really could have taken that opportunity and, you know, rented an, an experienced city center living. And we never did that. You know, so even looking at it like that, like actually having that flexibility and the openness of renting, um, does that does that allow me to experience, you know, living in an environment, living in a place that I, you know, I maybe wouldn't buy in that, you know, in that particular area or that location, but God, I'd love to just experience it for, you know, for six months or for 12 months or whatever. So again, it's, it's, it is, it's that perception, isn't it? It's like, how does this, you know, support me? The thing is that we have to do, we have to ask ourselves that question, can I control this? And if we can control it, take control. But if we can't control something, the next word that is really important is accept. We have to accept that we cannot control it. And in that acceptance, the stress is immediately reduced because we know we can't control it. After we've accepted it, we need to change the way we feel about it. There was an experiment done with monkeys and um, it wasn't me doing this, by the way. I always <laughs> put that little caveat on there. They had two monkeys in a cage and what they were doing was they were um, measuring the stress levels and they uh, were giving the monkeys a little electric shock every now and again. And what happened was obviously when the monkeys got the electric shock, the stress levels went up then they gave one of the monkeys a control and that monkey could preempt the shock and turn it off quicker now you would think the one with the control would be less stressed but that was the one that was actually more stressed its stress levels are completely high trying to anticipate that shock and, and switch it off whereas the other one just accepted that that shock was coming and its stress levels were a lot lower so there's a big lesson in that you know accepting those things we cannot control it immediately alleviates takes off some of that stress but we always have to change the way we perceive it as well I think there's one thing that interests me is when I, I moved house recently and in the run-up to it everybody was saying this same phrase of moving house is one of the most stressful things you can do in your life it's going to be so difficult and I was really excited I was really positive about relocating across the country about moving somewhere else and sometimes I found actually it was external influences and other people perhaps projecting their thoughts and feelings or something they'd gone through with moving Um, and it was almost like trying to dampen the 
experience a little bit because when you think about it, moving and getting a new home is very exciting. Uh, Perhaps if you're relocating or trying something new and sometimes it can feel like as a society, it's like, oh no, you can't enjoy that. You have have to worry. You have to think about all the things that could go wrong and the cost of it and things. Is that something that you ever come across, Karen? Do you think that is something that sometimes people find it's not their worries, it's other people's influences? Yeah, hugely. And again, this comes back to, you know, recognizing, again, like recognizing where where our power is and what we actually, like we always have that choice around, you know, what are the ideas from which I am going to think, right? Like, what are the ideas that I'm going to think from? And I mean, this has been huge, you know, gosh, just in my own journey, and certainly in the work that, um, you know, I do with my clients, is recognizing that, you know, your, like your mind can actually accept or reject an idea. And oftentimes, we don't do that. So exactly the example that you've just given, where, it's the norm, right? Most people, and you're absolutely right, you know, we hear that statistic all the time, don't we? Like, oh my gosh, like one of the biggest causes of stress, you know, moving house. There's nothing more stressful, you know, than moving house. And so we we've had that idea kind of going into our minds all the time. And I think again it comes back to then recognizing, is that idea going to serve me? Like, is that is that the experience I want to have? Like, do I want this to be the most stressful or one of the most stressful times in my life? No. Okay, well, in that case, I'm going to reject that idea. Like, I'm going to reject that idea. I'm going to recognize that I have the ability to think anything I want to think. What if I decide this is going to be an awesome experience for me? Right? Like, what would that look like? And so you start to use your mind in a new way to kind of really start to build a, a picture, if you like, around right, this is how I want it to be. What if it could be like this? You know, what if I choose? And the other thing that was coming to to mind for me as you were sort of speaking that is you can make a decision. Like you can make a decision that instead of this being a stressful experience for me, what if I decide, what if I decide that actually I'm going to feel calm and in control throughout the whole thing? You know, and again, pulling on some of what Adele was saying about accepting, like if you can just sort of, you know, sort of accept that no matter what, you know, like no matter, you know, curveballs might come, you know, come along, it is what it is, accept it. And I'm just going to make a decision that I get to be calm through this, you know, and again, it's just taking that control over what are the ideas that you're going to start to get emotionally involved in, rather than simply, you know, accepting what everybody else thinks. Yeah, um, just a, a lived experience of that, uh, not to do with moving, but um, coming out of a long-term relationship. I always remember a friend of mine who was long-term single um, saying, oh my gosh, you know, now you're single, you'll never find a man. All the men you meet, they're all married or or they're all not people that you would want to be with. You'll never find a man. And I could have accepted that. And for a split second, I, th- I had that panic, but then I rejected it and I thought, no, and believe me, I have no trouble in that department. But it is, it's its what we take on, you know, um, she had her own window of the world. We all have our own windows of the world, you know, dependent upon our upbringing, our experience, our beliefs, and we all have different individual windows of the world. So um, knowing what your own beliefs are and sticking with those is a really, really good thing. From the perspective of a renter, how have you found it being part of a broader community? Um, well, Community is really, really important and it's one of our basic needs. There was a study done in 2011. It was a global study by Action for Happiness and uh, they evidenced that there's 10 keys to happier living. And um, some scientists uh, from this study suggested that 
the top two things that were really important were giving, doing things for others and relating, connecting with people. And um, I think throughout this uh, last 18 months, both of those needs have been met, particularly through the community that I'm living in. I'll give you an example, you know, giving and relating. A few doors up from me during the lockdown, there was a girl who posted through the letterbox just a little note saying, I'm here, I'm working full time, but if, if you need anything, I'll nip out on my break and get something. And I thought, how lovely is that? You know, that's really sweet. It was a real community feel. And next door, I had a letter through my door asking me if I could give them a toilet roll. <laughs> you know, how often do you get letters through your door asking, can I have a toilet roll? I think there's this um, sense now of um, a real community. It's almost like, you know, when it was the world war and people looked out for each other, which is a good thing. You know, that's one good thing that's come out of this pandemic. And I think giving that community is really fostered by Simple Life Homes because, you know, it, it can be evidenced there with like the newsletters, the well-being series I've been a part of, um, but particularly the ice cream, you know, it's just the little things, ice cream, Father Christmas, and now the book boxes that you, you're talking about. All you guys need to do now is negotiate a corporate membership with a local gym and I will be complete. So yeah, it's, it's the, the small things that really, really make a difference. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm very, very amazed at, um, you know, some of the little small, I'm very touched by some of the things that Simple Life Homes do. It's more and more coming when I read the newsletters and see, oh, what's next? I just think it's amazing. Really, really good. And what do you think, Karen? Have you got any thoughts to add about being part of a, a community and that important? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hugely important. And, you know, obviously, I think, again, and if you look back over the last 18 months, I think, you know, never more so than now, you know, do we realise that? You know, I think it's interesting of how you can, you know, you can start off, I guess, if we if we look back at, you know, sort of what was it last March, wasn't it? March of 2020, when we were first going into, you know, the, the first lockdown and none of us clearly knew, you know, how long that was going to, to be for any of us. And I think certainly even just in my own experience, you know, in the last six months, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit, you know, like habit is, you know, again, that shows up for us in, in our thoughts and obviously in terms of what, what we go on to do. And I think what's interesting over the, you know, the sort of pandemic is for many of us, you actually can find yourself kind of getting into getting into habits that have have your world shrinking at times, you know, like that's been forced upon us. But then what can happen is that then becomes the norm. So you're not you're not out there and, you know, sort of interacting as much and maybe seeing other people around you in the same way that you did. And, you know, just just listening to some of what Adele's sharing there, it's like, actually, that's again, that's another huge bonus, isn't it? If you're part of that, if you've automatically then got that community around you, in your living environment, you know, especially because in the last 18 months or so, you know, that, that living environment has actually now become also for so many of us our place of work. Um, you still get to have that connection, you know, because none of us are meant to operate in isolation, you know, and again, just from a, a healthy mindset perspective and, and from, you know, some of what you were touching on earlier um, around some of the, you know, how your mind can then gravitate towards thoughts of anxiety and stress, being around others hugely helps alleviate that, you know, it takes you from sort of being, you know, from being caught up in your own thoughts so much to actually you know, sort of getting that benefit of interacting with others, which I think is just huge for, you know, as I say, for all of us, for our mental health and well-being. So 
again, yeah, I would see that as a huge plus, actually, especially um, especially in the climate that we all find ourselves in. And in terms of helping other people, uh, a little birdie has told me that you sometimes do things to help others in terms of like buying a coffee for other people. What does what does that involve? What does that do? Oh gosh, right, yes, okay. So one of the things, yeah, one of one of the things that um, that I love and one of the the concepts, I guess, that yeah, I absolutely teach is this idea of what we say is like the impression of increase, right? Leaving other people with the impression of increase. So, and again, I encourage anyone that's listening, try it today. Think of ways in which, right? Anyone that you come into contact with in your day to day, how can you sort of focus on a way in which, yeah, you can leave them better off for having met you, having interacted with you. Um, and actually this is really powerful because what that's doing is it's making you bring the very best of yourself to the surface. It's taking your own focus away from you, away from maybe some of the challenges, problems that you might have going on in your own mind. You know, you're focusing on somebody else else and actually there isn't anything better like this it's such a feel-good factor when you do something for somebody else and so yeah little things like some of the ones that again you're right that I share it might be especially if you're in the Starbucks drive-through like such a great one to do is you know treat the car behind you treat them to their order right and you will you'll get you will get a buzz from that I'm telling you it's such a great feeling and what about you Adele what are some things that, that you like to do whether it's the the small things for yourself that are these like feel-good deeds that, that can help with your mental health it's the small thing that really make a difference talking to people talking is really really important so just having a conversation with somebody who um is going to listen don't talk to somebody who you end up getting frustrated with who always brings it back to themselves or interrupts you um but choosing somebody who is there and going to listen um but also walking as well you know walking has been proven to be just as effective if not more i would say because there's no side effects for mild to moderate depression as antidepressants so never underestimate that walking and walking in nature and mindful walking is like walking Walking on steroids, being mindful, being present, noticing what you see, feel, hear, everything in the moment. So yeah, I'm I'm big on self-care. And I think, you know, if 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 you do have an element of stress in your life, as we all do, it's really important to have that go-to coping mechanism, choose one. The breath, again, is something that's really simple. When we're stressed, we're going to be breathing very shallowly, very quickly. So if we flip that on its head and start to breathe very deeply and very slowly, we're telling the body in the most primal way that it knows that we are safe. So just focusing on your breathing, breathing in and out really, really deeply, really slowly. It's a great cutoff switch for that fight or flight on a physiological level. But also gratitude is, is a really, really important thing. We have what's called a reticular activating system. We can only process a certain amount of information at one time. And that's why two people could watch a particular incident and, and recall it in a different way. So we have this RAS that basically has to filter in what's important to us. And as human beings, we're generally very negative because we're programmed to look out for danger. So we tend to focus on pulling in all that negative stuff. And, um, you know, have you ever said to yourself, you're going to buy a particular car and then you see that car everywhere? It's because at that point, it's important to you and you start filtering it in. So one way to change that is to do this process of uh, focusing on what you are grateful for. And whilst you're 
focusing and looking for things that you've been grateful for that day. A gratitude journal, what I do is I have a book by the side of my bed and I write down three things that I've been grateful for that day. Um, And even if it's just, you know, if you're really struggling, if it's just that it's been a nice day or you saw a nice flower or somebody bought you a coffee in Starbucks, you know, Um, even if it's just something as simple as the first things that I mentioned, what you're doing is you're programming your mind to start filtering in those more positive things and life becomes more positive. So I think that that process is something that I really try and advocate to people and it really does change people's lives. But also, whilst we're focusing on what we're grateful for, we cannot be focusing upon anything that can be stressing us out, if you like. So it's a cut-off switch on that cognitive level as well. So it's a really good practice, breathing in and out slowly and focusing upon what you're grateful for. Some fantastic tips and advice there from both of you. So one last thing, have you got any other advice for for people either renting or or looking to move house soon that you don't feel like we've covered so far if we start with you, Adele? Yeah, so one of the biggest things that people experience, I feel, uh, when moving is overwhelm. There's so much to do, isn't there? We've got an a whole house to move from one place to another. And how do we do that? And if we just focused on moving that house, then um, we're focusing on the bigger picture. It's too chunked up. We need to chunk it down a little. So why not focus on a room at a time? And we can even chunk that down even further. Let's focus on getting rid of some of the things that we don't necessarily want to take, which then leaves the stuff that we do want to take. And do that one room at a time, perhaps. And always keep the eye on the why, you know, why is it we're doing this? We're doing this because we chose to do this. We want this new home. We're going to be living in this new home that we chose and focus upon all the benefits and, you know, the bigger picture, really focus upon the why. Remember, it's our perception and just chunking it down into manageable bite-sized chunks. You know, they say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. If we look at it as the whole, it becomes very, very overwhelming. So, yeah, that would be my tip. And any last advice or or tips there from you, Karen, for people thinking about moving or or relocating? Take yourself to that place of like the end result, right? Like what do you want the end result to be? And really use your imagination, right? Like imagine yourself, you know, living in that space exactly the way that you want it to be. You know, this is something you can do actually even just in, um, you know, like finding, like finding a home or finding that that place that you want to, you know, whether it's buying or renting you know, really get clear in your mind of what it is that you want. Because as you form that image, you know, this is the way that our mind works, as you sort of start to form that image in your own mind, and you get clear of what it is that you're looking for, that's exactly how you're going to start to, you know, find more things like that, you know, a bit like that example, again, that you used Adele with the, you know, once you decide that you want a certain car, you suddenly are seeing those cars everywhere. It's the same with anything. So, you know, if you're if you're in the, the home hunting phase, you know, get really clear on what it is that you want, even if at the moment you can't find evidence of that, um, you know, available, stay clear in in what it is in your own mind. And and from that place, you know, it's going to come together for you. Amazing advice from both of you today, Karen and Adele. You've both inspired me to go out for a walk shortly. Uh, I have been putting it off because it was raining. (laughs) That is definitely something I think I will go and do. But thank you both so much for joining me today on The Simple Life Chat. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to both of my guests on this edition of The Simple Life Chat, Adele Hooten and Karen Mullins. And as always, you can get more information about the renting process at the official website, simplelifehomes.co.uk. 
that's it for now. And in the next episode of the Simple Life Chat, we'll take the idea of mindset and positivity, looking at how Simple Life puts that into practice through their annual Peace of Mind Month competition and health and wellbeing series. And we'll be talking to some of their resident winners from this year's activities.